much. Uh, what's this question say up there? How did we get where? Here. Have you ever been on a vacation and you're heading somewhere and usually it's the kiddos, but they say to you, when are we going to get there? Are we there yet? God's really been... I, I don't know, Mom, if I've been more excited for a message. I don't know. I don't know if I've been more excited for a message since I've been here. Can you say amen? So I don't know what you're in store for. I know that clock's still down, but I'm, I'm going to try to get us out of here on time today. Can you say amen to that? How did we get here? Because uh, I want you to look at a picture. It was, it's actually a caricature. It's a draw. My wife's been working on her artistic skills, and she got a side angle of me the other day at the... Yeah. Actually, she even slimmed me down a little bit. Had my headband on. She even drew hair to make me feel better. I've got water up in the treadmill, but it looks like I've got a second one I'm holding in my hand. Amen? I've had a good start on, our, on my diet, haven't I, babe? God's given us the strength that you're even doing it with me. Cam came into the bedroom the other day and said, Honey, you're doing, you're, you're, you've had such a good start on your low-carb diet. I'm going to do it with you because I need to get rid of my stomach. And I said, What? <laughs> my wife doesn't need to diet, amen? <laughs> But I said, I need to step this up, so we're going to start walking. I've been, I've been walking three miles with my dad. I've been, I've been walking in town. we got a gym membership. We've been walking. But, but the, one of the first times, Cam said, you can walk with me right next to me on the treadmill. Like lover's lane. Just get on this treadmill. We can do it, can't we, honey? And I said, heck yes, I can do it. There was a time I could jog. I, I was a good basketball player. I could run. I could. I got on that treadmill and I said, oh, I can do this. I, they asked for your weight, but I never put that in. That's rude. <laughs> Skip that. I leave it at 150. So put that speed up. And I see Cam over here like she's nuts. I, I cover it so she can't see, but I'm going to like, I'm not, I can do three. I can start at three, Cam. So I'm starting on this treadmill and I'm walking and uh, my heart rate's just starting to go fast. I said, I don't remember this. Gary, I don't remember this in the first minute. Cam's over there acting like she's just on a stroll through a garden. Mom, who's that old singer, Little, little Tim? Tiptoeing through, Tiny Tim. Tiptoe through the, yes. That's what Cam looks like. I'm over here struggling. I've got to put my arms on the side of the thing and try to almost lift my legs off so they're kind of moving, but I can't feel. It feels like my legs are in atrophy, like I don't have any muscles in them anymore. And then God hit me in my head and said, you don't. It's all fat. It's all turned into fat. And I'm just walking there. I'm like that. And I ask myself the question, how did I get? What's the last word? How did I get here? How did you get here? Not here. You're all in a here this morning. Amen? You might be in the middle of a relationship. How did I get here? You might be in the middle of a financial mess and you're like, how did I get here? You may be succeeding fully in life and you're like, how did I get here? I've got good news for you because God has an answer for you this morning. Can you say amen? amen. There's a story in the Bible. I want you to look at these beautiful eyes up here. This is a depiction of what Rahab... Can you say Rahab? Rahab, out of the Bible, out of the book of Joshua. Remember a couple weeks ago I preached on the walls of Jericho and they were coming tumbling down, remember? I made you walk around this sanctuary. Good news, I'm not making you walk today. 
Amen, Marilyn? Yeah. <laughs> Rahab was, uh, Frank, do you know what Rahab's profession was? What? You don't know? No. Don, do you know what Rahab's pro profession was? No. Oh, I thought you would. <laughs> Cam, do you know what Rahab's profession was? No. Who knows what Rahab's profession was? Judy does. She was a prostitute. She was a prostitute! Don, no offense taken to what I said. That's okay. All right. <laughs> It came out wrong. <laughs> Rahab was a prostitute. And I am backing up from where I preached at two weeks ago. I'm in Joshua 2. And Rahab lives in the city walls that are going to come crumbling down. And she's not only a prostitute, she runs a brothel. She's well known in the town for being a prostitute, for being beautiful. For, uh, she's known for giving men what they want and it provides for her family. And God tells Joshua that I'm giving you Jericho. I'm giving you the promised land. But you need to go. He sends two spies in. And guess where God sends them? To the prostitute's door. And she says, come on in. But there were Jericho spies that saw the Israelite spies come to her door. So they come to her door. And they knock and they say, the men who are here, I don't care what they're here for, they're bad men. They're going to attack us, hand them over to us. And then guess what she does? It's in the Bible. So she tells them the truth, right? She hands over the men, right? No. She lies. And she looks at him and she says... Uh, the men were here. I didn't know that they were spies, and I've sent them out their way before the city gate shut. If you hurry, you can go get them. But they're really on top of the roof. They're hidden under flax. They're hidden. And they go on their way. But before those men leave Rahab, Rahab, those eyes right there, look into those spies' eyes, and she says, because I have helped you, when you come back, when you come back to me, I'm going to have my mom and my dad here and my brothers and my sisters and all of their families. And because I have saved you, I want you to spare us. Amen? Do you think there was a time in Rahab's life when she was getting ready in the morning to look like that that she said, how did I get here? Lord, I know I'm supporting my family, but how did I get here? I want you to look at a couple things that I learned when I was thinking about our hears. The first one is God. What's the middle word? What is it? He didn't put us here. Oh, He put us here physically, amen? But whatever here you're in, He didn't put us there. I, I, I have people all the time that come over to this office. And they'll sit down with me. Some of them don't even go to church here, so I'm not talking about anyone here. They'll come to my office and they'll sit down and they'll talk about how they're not really happy with God because things aren't working out and they're asking uh, why God is doing it. We have to remember that every here that we're in, God didn't put us there. Quit blaming God for everything. Amen? There are many things I've done in my life that are very bad decisions. I have this choice or I have this choice. This is God's choice, but I push this button. And then somehow I'm over here and I'm like, where is God? 
But I'm just not on the negative side. There are some times that I've had big successes in my life, Mom, and I can give God credit, or I can give myself credit, and I give myself credit. Many blessings you can thank God for, but many places that we put ourselves here, God didn't do that. Amen? Remember that God didn't put us necessarily where we are, but second of all, where we find ourselves, what's the word again? Didn't happen in a minute. You see this beautiful specimen of a body? Go ahead, look it up and down. Look at Cam, look it up and down. I did not get this way in a minute. I did not. Shane, stand up for me, brother. Shane, look at Shane. Oh, quit with the nice cat calls. <laughs> Terry, he didn't get looking like that in a minute, amen? Amen, you can sit down. It's disgusting. Larissa, you are beautiful. God didn't put you looking like that in a minute, amen? amen? Guys, the situations we're in didn't happen in a minute, but I got a good start up. Patty and Lex, I got a good start on my uh, diet. Oh my gosh, I was feeling so good. I was following the plan. I'm on the treadmill next to Cam. I'm thinking I can run a 5K. I couldn't even walk two minutes. Because sometimes we'll take a couple steps forwards and we think all the stuff we've done that have added up to our here, oh no, 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 that didn't happen in a minute. That didn't happen in a minute. This didn't, like, I didn't eat one bag of flaming hot Cheetos. I need them so bad. I didn't eat, like, half a pizza all by myself just one time, and I look like this. You know, Mom, when I was 185 pounds, I could eat a full pizza, and the next day I woke up, I still look pretty good. But now, guys, that I, I'm, I'm just being honest with you. Now that I look like this, and I'm working on it, but I look like this, um, I can be good on my carb diet for one day, for two days, for three days, for one month, now over a month. I still look crappy. <laughs> Didn't happen in a minute. Doesn't happen in a minute. And God does that on purpose. Sometimes I'm sitting by a bedside by someone who's, who's dying and, and we're praying for healing and we're praying for resurrection or someone will come to me and they're addicted to drugs and they say, Bobby, I just want to be uh, broken from this addiction like right now. Can God do that? Yes, but do you know what He oftentimes does? He takes more than a minute to do it. Because if every single time you made a bad decision or did something dumb or you found yourself here instead of there and God just whoop took you out of it, guess where you'd be the next day? Right back there. If God's going to fix it in one second every time, Frank, why do I have to get better? But if you have to stand in your here, if you have to wallow in your here, if you have to get on that treadmill and go from two minutes to five minutes to f seven minutes, and now I'm walking three. Dad, what do you call our walking though? It's like ducks. Waddle. We're waddling around town. But we're making it. We're making it. You start relying more on God. So remember, where you find yourselves, it didn't happen in a minute. Not only did God oftentimes not do to you to make you be where you are, where you find yourselves, it didn't happen in a minute. But look what's third. What does the first word say? There, there isn't always what? Better. Then where? Here. See, that's where we're all screwed up. 
Many of us think are here that there's a better place. Oh, there's a better place. I'll talk about that right at the end of the sermon. But like a lot of times where we are here, there's no better place for you. Your here is where you should be. But our life always tells us, oh, mom, strive forward. Do, uh, do awesome. Have all these goals. Get better and better and better. And if you land here where you're blessed, there's surely even more blessing. Do you know what I found, though? It's not true. I want you to say this with me one more time, FCC. There isn't always better than here. What's that old adage? The grass isn't always what? Green. Why do we always climb the fence and look? Why do husbands cheat on their wives? Why do wives cheat on their husbands? Why do we cheat on our diets? Why do we change jobs 80 times? Why do we church hop all the time? Oh, surely that church has better worship. Surely that church doesn't scream. Surely that church doesn't have a maniac like Bob walking all around. Surely the grass is greener, Mom. But you know what God says? There isn't always better than here. And sometimes Rahab may have got up and said, God, I don't want to be a prostitute. And God was saying, I need you to be a prostitute. God, I didn't ask to do this for my family. God said, I'm asking you to do it now. So you may be getting up tomorrow and you may be saying, what am I doing here? I don't want to do this. I can't do it, God. Get me out of here. And he's saying, there isn't always better than you're here. Who said amen? Because that is good preaching. Dad, thank you. This next one really hit home, though. Your what? Here. Your what? Here. What's the word in red? Here. Your here is not about who? You. you. My here isn't about me. It's not. My chronic leukemia and my fatness and my bills and the things I deal with, they're not about me. Lex, your awesome recovery from cancer, it's not about you. Shane, the things God has done in your life, it's not about you. Cam, I don't even want to touch what you're dealing with at your house. <laughs> Earl, getting over stormy, it's not about you. Mel, dealing with Kitty and her hip and being at Oxbow, and you've seen this church down to 10 people, you've seen it sometimes up to 200, it's not about you. Mom, every bad note you hit on that piano, it's not about you. I'm looking for a replacement every week. Those spies came to Rahab's house. Not for them. Not for the people across the Jordan. Not for other uh, people in Jericho. She hid those men for her family who lived in Jericho who may not have even known God. But Rahab did. And I want to encourage you today. Can you say encourage? I want to preach to you today. I want to tell you today. I want to inspire you today that your faith is contagious. Amen? Amen. You don't even know who it will impact. You don't even know who you'll touch. You don't even know. I don't even know where this message will go, Mom, because I am so blessed this week. Kent Rung is videotaping it. Can we give Kent Rung a round of applause? <laughs> Kent's videotaping it. I'm going to put it on Facebook. I'm going to put it on YouTube. There might be one person in Orange, California that sees it and says, hold it, hold it, hold it. Theirs not better than my here. You mean what I'm dealing with, it's not about me. 
Your here isn't about who? I got one last thing that I want to tell you, and it is uh, really important. Frank, I picked on you, but I'm, gonna have, I'm not even going to look at the screen. What, is, what does that screen say? Say it loud. You are exactly where you're supposed to be. Sherry, what does that screen say? You are exactly where you're supposed to be. Test, test, is this on? It's on. Yeah. Marilyn, what does that say? You are exactly where you're supposed to be. Dang. Gary, what does that say? You're exactly where you're supposed to be. Are you getting this? Are you get Kelly? What does this say? I, I I don't know what that screen says. What does it say? You're exactly where you're supposed to. Are you playing Tetris? No. <laughs> <laughs> Cam, what does that say? You are what? Exactly. Hold it. Shouldn't that say you're kind of? Shouldn't that say you are maybe? Shouldn't that say you will be? Mom, what does that say? Say it in your mic. FCC, do you believe that today? Do you believe that today? Yes. You are supposed to be where you are. I even mean in this second. I don't know how to explain it, guys, other than my own life. I am supposed to still be 300 pounds. I am supposed to be balding. I am supposed to be struggling with this diet so I can preach this message to you. I was supposed to resign from this church like four years ago when I was sick so I could preach to you today. You are supposed to be struggling with whatever you're struggling with today. You are where you're supposed to be. Those of you who aren't struggling, you're on top of the world. God is blessing you. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. But it's not just to say, give me more, God, and just to live in that lavish lifestyle. It's to give of yourself to others because you do not know what you're here, how it can impact others. Amen? You are exactly where you're supposed to be. I want us to say that twice together. You are exactly... You are what? Close your eyes across this place. Heavenly Father, right now, right now, we have people who are sitting here and I've been preaching to them. I've been giving Your Word to them. And I know what they're thinking because I have been there as well. They know of You, Jesus, but they don't know You. They've had so many things going on in their life that they haven't even been able to focus on little minuscule things in their life, let alone focusing on You, Lord. We have been so enamored with our here and, and with a there that's out there that we would like to get to that we don't see some of the blessings that are in our here right now. Rahab believed in God so much even before those spies showed up at her door, she told those spies that surely you are sent by the true living God. And when we say things like that, we think our, our here will be better. We think our here will end up there. But do you know what her day-to-day -day life was? She was a prostitute. She woke up the next day and she was a prostitute. And she woke up the next day and she was a prostitute. But then one day, there was a 
Knock at her door. And FCC, I'm asking you today, are you ready for a knock at your door? Because you've been waking up and you've been sick and you wake up the next day and you've been sick and you wake up there and you've been sick. You're in a relationship and it's been dead and you wake up the next day and it's been dead. You've opened up a checkbook to write a check and the, you've been broke and you wake up the next day and you're broke and then Friday comes and you get paid but then you pay your bills and the next day you're broke. Your kids are struggling with something and they're being bullied. And you try to empower them and you try to help them, but you can't go to school with them. And they come home the next day and they wake up and they're still being bullied. And they wake up and they're still being bullied. And you wake up and they're still being bullied. Are you ready for a knock? Heavenly Father, across this place, with eyes closed, I am asking right now, we're not having an altar call, we're not having people come forward, but with your eyes closed, with a show of hands, if you are dealing with something in your here that you wish you could focus more on God, that you wish God would make Himself even more prevalent, that you say, you know what God, I've been really complaining about my here and now, but maybe I'm not seeing you clearly enough in my here and now. If that's you today, raise your hand. Eyes are closed. Raise your hand. Oh yes, raise them up. Raise them up. Heavenly Father, look at each and every one of those arms. Keep them up. Look at those arms. They are in the here and now that they need to see more of You. They know You're there, God. They know You've been around and sometimes You don't seem like You've been around. Make it known that You are not only around, but You are here. You're here. You can put Your arms down. Secondly, Father, I don't do this much, but I'm going to say it today. For some of us out here, we know there's a Jesus. There's even people that have come here for 50 years and you've sang the songs and you've listened to sermons. But, but really, but really, when we get down to it, you're not sure about this relationship with God. Because what we're doing isn't matching what God's made us do. And, and we're in our here and now and we're struggling. If you, if you are in this place right now, and you say, God, right now, right now, even if I've done it before, God, I am giving my heart to You. God, I am turning it over to You. God, I am done doing things my own way. God, I'm done striving for there. I'm going to count my blessings in my here, and I'm going to be elated with wherever You take me. If that's You today, raise your hand. Raise it up. Raise it up. Yes. With those arms raised, I want everyone to repeat after me. Heavenly Father, come into our hearts. Come into our here. Lord, I miss You. I need You. My here isn't that bad when You're with me. Bless us. Keep us. Draw us close to You forever, God. It's in Jesus' name I not only pray this, but I proclaim it. And if you believe it and proclaim it over your own life today, can you give me an amen? Amen, amen and amen. 